Praise the Lord. One of the things you need to train yourself is not to allow the atmosphere of a season weigh you down. <laughs> I'm telling some of you to say, seeing you have, God is breathing over every darkness and causing light to shine. So are just... Glory! Glory! The Bible says, darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the waters. He's breathing upon, over the darkness and he will cause light to shine. Amen. He will cause light to shine. Amen. He's causing light to shine. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, I sang the songs I sang because this evening when I was just thinking about all of the stuff happening just because of elections. Now, it's a very serious thing. Don't get me wrong. Whatever becomes from this week, can you imagine that this week can affect the next eight years? It's a serious thing. And subsequently, the, the governorship or the gubernatorial elections Whatever becomes from the next two, three weeks, beginning from this Saturday, will affect the lives of people for the next eight years. It's serious. I'm telling you, it's serious. However, there are things that we will address today that can influence you for their eternity. <laughs> the choices we make as believers in the spread of the gospel, our commitment to winning souls will influence their lives for eternity. Now, that means our elections are serious, but our responsibility of the gospel is more serious. In fact, one major reason why the elections are very serious because it's it can influence our function in the gospel. You know, First Timothy chapter 2 from verse 1, the Bible says that I exhort everyone, first of all, that prayers be made for kings and for those that are in authority. Can we read it together? One, two, three, go. I exhort therefore that first of all, prayers, so, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Right? Everybody read on. For kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Now, is it just for living a quiet and peaceable life? Not exactly. There is more to it. Verse 3. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of, of God our Savior. Verse 4. Read it one more time. So this is good and acceptable inside of God our Savior. Why? Because he wants all men to be saved. And to come out to the knowledge of the truth. So this overarching context of all men being saved and coming to the knowledge of the truth is the reason why we must get it right in our elections. Are you with me? Because we see, if the wrong person is there, it will influence our effectiveness in the gospel. 
And this month of February, we've been talking about locomotive evangelism. I believe you've been blessed and stirred up. If you've won a soul this month, just one, or you've preached to somebody, you've preached to somebody this month, let me see your hand. Praise the Lord. I, made a, I did not make our exams hard. I would have said if you have won at least three souls. <laughs> now, I'm not telling you these things because um, I just want to challenge you or, or bring people to church or make you feel like I'm better than you. This is something that, given the opportunity, I would do every day. Left for me, winning souls is great, but it's just step one. Are you with me? The real work is after they have won. Discipling them and bringing them to church. It's a burden that we must take up. Every believer, if you will make progress in your work with God, you will have to take up that burden of discipling people. In fact, I stopped counting the amount of souls I win because it's not just about winning souls. They must come. They must be planted. Praise the Lord. Well, we've treated a lot, but today we'll go to something else. Something else that people don't really pay attention to. And I've titled it Bet Travel. Say after me, Bet Travel. You know, people have asked me questions like this Pastor, I know the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Why is it that? Even though we preach the gospel, sometimes people respond well. Sometimes they don't respond well. Sometimes we preach and they seem to respond now and later they seem to draw back. Why? You know, I said winning souls is not just all about it, right? I, I was leading to this. Why? There is a much more serious labor before you preach and after you preach. It's called Beth's Travel. So this is How to Win Souls, part two. On Sunday, we talked about how to win souls and we said we should study people and plan for them. We said pray for them. We said demonstrate love and care and preach to them. But I want to emphasize pray for them. Pray for them. So you can call this sermon the place of prayer in soul winning. The place of prayer in soul winning. John Wesley said, it seems like God will do nothing except men pray. In the words of Miles Moreau, prayer is earthly permission for heavenly interference. You know, when God created the earth, he said, let them have dominion. What does that mean? It means that for God to do anything on the earth, he will need man's permission. Amen? Amen. Psalms chapter 115 from verse 16, it says, The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth hath he given to the children of men. It's something like the law of jurisdiction. He's saying, I've put it under your charge, so if I will come there, you have to bring me there, right? Do you understand? So, God has given the earth to children of men. And that's, that's very important. For some things to happen in this place, men have to pray. Especially when those things have been put under the, 
the sovereignty of man to some extent. When you study the Bible, you will discover that in the Bible, it's not everything that God said that will happen that happened. God may have wanted something to happen, but if men did not pray, it would not happen. Sometimes God may have not wanted something to happen, but because men refused to partner with him or they refused to pray in some cases, it happened. For instance, if we study Acts chapter 12 from verse 1 to 5, the Bible says a time came when Herod decided to vex certain of the church and it took James and killed him. Now, I remember a man of God put it this way. He said, God was still God. James was killed. He took James, the brother of John, with the sword and killed him. God was still God. James was killed. Do you know that God was still God? They went. He went further and arrested Peter. <laughs> he went further and arrested Peter because he saw it pleased the Jews. Then were the days of unleavened bread. Can we just enjoy this? Verse 4. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four contenders of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Verse 5. Peter, Peter therefore was kept in prison. I'm not even hearing some people read. One, two, three, go. But prayer was made without season of church unto God for him. <laughs> Peter was kept in prison, but, but prayer, it seems like, see, if that bot did not come in, if I just read Peter was therefore kept in prison, and after Easter, Herod brought him out and killed him. But there was an interjection. Peter never was kept in prison, but prayer was made unto, unto, with us unto God for him by the church. You know, I cannot forget Pastor Abraham Ojeme preaching in a particular service some years ago. And I was there sitting in front. He said, Young people, the Bible did not say prayer was said for him. They said prayer was made. Ah. He said, have you prayed to the point where you know that you are cooking the prayer? You are making it. Prayer was made. Listen, if you don't learn how to see, if you have not learned how to see victory in the place of prayer, you will not really understand the depth of Christianity. There are times in, in, in life and in destiny where you will look at things and things are hanging on a balance. You will know that if you don't do something about it, uh, something, it will just scatter. There are certain seasons in your life. There are certain seasons in destiny where you have to shut down everything. If you don't know how to put off your phone, put off that data. Put, off, put it on flight mode. <laughs> and say, I will kneel down and pray till something happens. Study about the life of Jesus. Study about the life of the apostles. A time came, they told the apostles, you must not preach again in the name of Jesus unless we will kill you. In Acts chapter 4, they came together and began to pray. They began to pray. They began to pray. They began to pray. And the Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and the house was filled with the Holy Ghost and with much boldness they gave witness unto the Lord's resurrection. As a believer, there will be times like this in your life. Listen, if you don't know how to pray long, you have not learned how to pray. 
There are sometimes you will not feel like it, but you know that if I don't pray now, for instance, this period, see, can I tell you something? Any Christian in this country that is not praying now, ah, I pity you. <laughs> I pity you. One of the best seeds you can sow is to intercede. And generals are promoted in time of war. It's in time of battle that God selects generals. So, in, in a time like this, it's an opportunity for promotion. God will just give you burdens. He will scatter burdens everywhere and see what you will do with it. You know, I always tell people that when you are saying, Lord, I need you, Lord, I need your help, there are times in life where God also needs us. You know, the Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 22 from verse 30, and I sought for a man. I sought for a man who will stand in the gap. There are sometimes things are happening in people's lives. Maybe sometimes people are going through demonic attack on the spot. And God's looking for somebody somewhere who will be awake somewhere to pray. Whose eyes will be open. But the Bible says, why men slept? And then I came and saw tears. When I was in Abuja. On the, our program was on Saturday. I had prayed from like 9 to 10, 11 there about. I said, let me just rest my head small and sleep. You know that kind of sleep? I would sleep 30 minutes and it became one hour plus. <laughs> that was what happened. So I just said, I'm tired. Let me just. And I slept. 12.45 on the dot. My eyes opened. Bam! I'm like, Holy Ghost, what's happening? So I stood up. And began to pray. In the next three minutes, a sister called me. I picked up the call. And I heard, oh, oh, Pastor, bear God for me. I knew that, okay. That's why the Lord made my eye open. I did not wake up stretching. I woke up as though I was ready for battle. And for 45 minutes, I was blasting in tongues. Receive life. I keep life in you. Till she said, Pastor, thank you. Pastor, thank you. I'm used to that kind of thing. Prayer was made. Prayer was made. Sometimes I embrace the ministry of praying. Also, in the salvation of souls, we must embrace the ministry of prayer. Sometimes, some people, there is a lot that is happening that your words alone cannot affect them. You know, Jesus spoke about the different soils in Matthew 13. There are some soils that are already good ground. Have you not gone for evangelism before? You just meet somebody. Can I preach to you? Before you start saying one, two, three things, person, I believe. A person will start crying. Some others say, yes, I have three questions. <laughs> Number one, I thought the Bible says, a woman shall not wear what pertains unto a man. Why be say all these churches, women, they wear trousers. Before you know what is happening, you will start arguing. Hey, I have, you have not finished answering question one. I have another question. Question two. Question two. <laughs> so many things. You know, sometimes they don't even know what they are battling with. Galatians 4 verse 19. 
It says, my little children, of whom I travel, everybody read it, one, two, three, go. Read it one more time. Read it one more time, louder. Read it one more time, shouting. Of whom I travel in bed again until Christ be formed in you. <sighs> what got me here is again. My little children of whom I travel in birth again until Christ be formed in you. This is a crucial part of discipleship. Pastoring is not just about preaching. I can say that here because many of you here soon, God will make you pastors and leaders in this work. Amen? Amen. It's not all about preaching. No, 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 no. I travel in birth again. See, Christ be formed in you. There is a prayer ministry the man of God or the minister has to do behind the scene to ensure that discipleship works. But before that, he, for him to say again, it means he traveled in breath initially for them to be saved. Of whom I travel in breath again. So he traveled for them to be born again in the first place. He traveled in breath. Sometimes we need to war over people's souls. We war in prayer. We see, before you go out for evangelism, you must win them. You must bet them in the spirit first. Oh, why do you think the church was praying for 10 days before the day of Pentecost? That was the spiritual betting required for the 3,000 souls that started. Are you with me? See, <laughs> this is, in fact, when you start praying like this, eh, you know what the Bible says? We are co-laborers with the Lord. Look at Jesus. Before he started the ministry, 40 days prayer and fasting. He wasn't all God in the flesh. He was God in the flesh. He was praying and fasting for 40 days. Then, before going to die, he went to go and pray again. Why is he praying to die? He's not just going to lie down there and knock me, make her die. <laughs> because no divine plan can be fulfilled on the energy of the flesh. See, God can say you will do this thing, eh? You will reach there like this. You will slay yourself. You will do nothing. Jesus, if Jesus did not pray, I bet you, he may have gone there and say, you know what? When they knock him one nail, boom! See, I no die again. I no die again. I no die. No, no, no. And there are people like that. There are many people like that. God has planned for them so many things in destiny. When they reach there, when they reach there, because they are not given to prayer, they will walk away. Then later they will not remember, ah, that time, old child. There was one time. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Of whom I travel in bed. Isaiah 66. Isaiah 66 from verse 8. It says, Who had heard such a thing? Who had seen such things? Everybody read one, two, three, go. Who had seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? 
For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Read it again. Some people, they are just looking. I thought that when somebody sees nation there, your response will change. I know we are talking about souls. But behind it, I'm talking about this country. <laughs> Read this thing again. One, two, three, go. It's in. Or who had seen us? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Glory! As soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. I wish I could say more about that. Just look at this. She brought forth her children. Maybe one thing we may be missing in in bringing forth souls is prayer. Maybe if you have been barren spiritually, maybe if you have been barren in soul winning, you need to give yourself more to prayer and to praying for souls. As soon as I travelled, she brought forth her children. Ah, katapore ketelia kapaya. Praise the Lord. So quickly, why should I travel for souls? Or why should I travel for the salvation of souls? There are many reasons. Number one, the reason why we must travel for souls or travel in the place of prayer for in evangelism is for boldness. Acts chapter 4 from verse 29. This was when the apostles were threatened not to preach again. The Bible reads, in Acts chapter 4 from verse 29, they were praying. It says, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servant that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal, and thy signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child. Amen. Amen. And when they had prayed, the place was shaking, where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and speak the word of God, the boldness. Oh, pastor, I'm not bold. Pastor, I'm shy. What will I say when I preach? Go and pray. <laughs> boldness will come on you. You know, actually, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, it says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, of a sound mind, Right? But of, of, of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, when you pray, actually, you become full of this spirit that is of power. When you give yourself to praying like that before going to preach, you become full of the spirit. And in full, being full of the spirit, you are full of power. The natural response to be full of power is boldness. Amen? A man that comes with a gun will somehow be a little bit more bold than someone that comes only with pen knife. <laughs> are you with me? I remember something. <laughs> God. I discovered that eh, when you are growing, in fact, in life, you have to be careful about the things you take in. Anything you read, anything you see, anything you hear, you may think you have forgotten, but if you heard it, it's there. There was a book I read many, many years ago. A book I will not recommend people to read. 
It's a book on, on, on mafia and all those kind of things. They said, it said, it was given an advice. It says, young men, you will do better with a gun than with a gun and than without a gun, but a kind word. Can you imagine? Why am I raising this up? Most times people are going to preach, eh? but they have not loaded themselves. Oh God. There is a kind of intoxication that boldness will give to you. you. People are waiting for you. You are looking for carnal weapons. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So, you can meet somebody that is smoking, even carrying a weapon, but there is something within you. Oh God. There is something within you that can overshadow them. They cannot do you anything. Pastor, I want to take the juice for God. Go and cook. Go and cook. I hear what I'm saying. There is a way you will pray. There is a way you will gather this thing. Oh God. Gather boldness. I remember on the field one time. I was moved to go and preach to my boss. My supervisor. But I'm like, if I make this move. Hey. I may just be changing writing my story. God. So I went and began to talk. I said, sir, I just feel I should share the word of God with you. I had prayed before going. In fact, that period I was praying every night. While I was still talking to him, he looked at me and said, I suppose the year is kind thing every day. I knew that God had given me victory. I suppose the year is kind thing. I suppose the year is kind thing. So you know what? In fact, when I knew that the devil wanted to take over, when he started saying, Pradevi, go call the men of God. We go lie down with me on this bed. Make them cleanse me up from my sin. <laughs> you know people like that. And I said, you know what? You don't need anybody to come and lie down with you and cleanse your room. See, the blood of Jesus has cleansed you. And if you believe in him, he will wash you. Boldness. Sometimes it's not easy. Oh. Ah, you know, one day we went for evangelism and I saw one of you doing something and I had to correct him. He saw a man standing behind a jeep and he wanted to preach to him and did like this. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, sir. Take the tractor. He did like this. God bless you, sir. How can you be coming like that? To be, you're already doing like this and you wanted to listen to you. Square your shoulders. Good evening, sir. If it does not shake you, good evening, sir. Can we talk? You are the one bringing life to help him. Sometimes Christians, that's the skill in evangelism. How can you be going to preach and you're acting like you are begging them? Please now. Of course, we beseech you, therefore, be reconciled to God. You know, we are begging them. But no, we are begging them as though our livelihood depends on them. No! Are you with me? Boldness. Say after me, I have boldness. I have boldness. I have boldness. Let me tell you, that anointing has been on me for a long time. See, if you have my kind of stature, eh? <laughs> you will go to some places, you say, is that the pastor? They'll be like, okay. Because they expect him to be, uh, he has muscles and all those kind of things. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. It's not by having V chest. It's not by having square shoulders. You can have physical V chest and square shoulders, but you are led 
featherweight in the spirit. Are you with me? Oh, people have met me to pray for them. You see, big man like this. If you are not careful, you say, hey, Welcome, sir. God bless you, sir. You will change my ministry, sir. What? The God of heaven sent me. He told Moses, Go, divide the Red Sea. The God of heaven sent you. God sent me, even if you don't believe it, me, I know it. God sent me. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Say after me, boldness. So prayer bets boldness and conviction that is tangible. Sometimes you can even make a mistake when talking. Maybe you are talking and you just, your mouth sleeps and you just say something like that that does not make logical sense. There is a way you can be bold, eh? You will overlook it and keep on going. But people who are too self-conscious, oh, I'm sorry, I mean to say, I'm sorry, I, I, no, uh, uh, um, um, I mean, um, <laughs> by the time you are always doing that, it's reducing your conviction. Are you with me? But the guy who is bold, that is why you see those, those guys who you even criticize. They will come with megaphone. I tell you in the name of Jesus, repent! <laughs> and they are shouting like that. They may miss one English, but... Ah, they look your face. Am I doing public relations? Actually, that is the seriousness with the gospel. That's how serious we ought to preach the gospel. Because let me tell you something. One day, when we stand before God, you would... No matter how much you serve God, eh? when you stand before God, when you stand before him, you, you tell yourself, I should have done more. I'm telling you, you will tell yourself, I should have done more. You know, Rick Joyner, a great man of God, he, had this, he wrote this book, The Call and the Final Quest. He said he had a revelation and he met Paul. Now, that's what he said. And I believe him. I want to believe him because I've read his books. Rick Joyner said he met Paul. And he met some other great men of old, old in heaven. I believe him. But let me tell you the truth. We, don't, we are not moved by visions, right? He said, Paul told him, when he got to the gates of heaven, it dawned on him that, first of all, he was grateful that he, he spent his life serving the Lord, but he wept that he should have done more. Paul, every single time you have an opportunity to, to preach, preach. Don't waste your life. Any single thing you, you, you could have done for the sake of the gospel, do. Don't waste your energy. Don't let anybody shame you because the people that are trying to shame you, they will still stand before God and they may even blame you for not preaching to them. They may blame you for not being as more pushy than, than you ought to have been. I remember in my 500 level, a young man walked into my room and he said, if I knew, I should have been close to you from 100 level. He said, I want you to be my disciple from today. I said, interesting. I discovered that when we were about leaving school, many of my level mates, they began to meet me one by one, at least nothing less than 50 of them. They were coming for prayers, for counseling, for discipleship, many of them. Then it dawned on me that all those times where I was holding back, make I not do too much, oh. 
Make I not do too much. I should have done more. Let me tell you, there is no blessing for being shy. That guy don't shy you. Shy, I don't be, he has been very shy for 20 years. Give him an award. Nobody will give you an award. But I can tell you, if you are bold, at least you, if you are bold in your life, you may get an award one day. <laughs> so after me, I am full of boldness. I give myself to prayer and I'm full of boldness. I am full of boldness. I'm full of boldness. Many of you, you need to practice it. Pray. Practice being bold. See, when something looks as if it's so daring. Yesterday, I went somewhere to to meet a tailor for my wife. So, while they were measuring my wife, I was sitting in the car. And as my usual style, anybody that passed, I I, I afflict you with the gospel. (laughs) And it's a good affliction. So, one young man passed. As I walked up to him to preach to him, the guy said, Pastor. I said, okay. I said, can I share the word with you? He said, I've come to your church before. <laughs> I said, so why have I not been seeing you? I said, Pastor, okay, I will try and come this Sunday. I said, yeah, give me your number. Give me your number now. So I preached with him. He was a good ground. Preached with him, relayed him to Christ. Not let me know Zoom. I saw another sister passing. I went to the one. I said, can I see you one minute? She said, please excuse me one minute. So I knew that she was not even welcoming at all. So as I was going to her, she was walking away. At the point, I couldn't keep pursuing her. Before she said, I'm stalking her. And she walked away. Then there was one lady there that was just frowning. As I was trying to preach, her face was, it was as if the, I could feel hatred. You know, they say, look, can't kill somebody. I could feel arrows coming from my eyes towards me. So, my, my first response was like, hey, Momo, I did not preach to you. You are getting angry. I will not go. So, I was sitting in the car waiting for my wife. And I said, wait, so I will leave here and I will have this man's face frightening me. I said, I'm going to preach. Anything I want to happen, let it happen. And I went. It was not funny. <laughs> I said, if you believe in the Lord Jesus, he will pay for your sins. She said, Why are you preaching to me that if I believe in the Lord Jesus, who did I tell you I have not believed? Let me tell you, I believe in Jesus. I confess him every morning. I, <laughs> I said, listen, I go to church. You cannot come and be telling me that if I believe in Jesus, you will pay for my sins. My, I already believe in Jesus Christ. And I don't need you to come and tell. The root, the, 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 I said, it has happened. As, in my mind, I said, this is the highest that will happen, right? You will not blow me. You will not slap me. Say after me, boldness. I walked away with the happiness that last, last, I did not allow myself to be a coward. I moved. There was a man on the street. Hefty man. He walks like this. And he always works with guys around him. Big man with beers, always smoking and everything. One day at the Suya joints, I walked there as he was by the Suya. I said, today, it's me and this man. I'll preach to you. I said, good evening, sir. I shook him. Shook, put my hand to shake him. And he looked at me. Head to toe. And did like this. I told myself, at least I tried. Even though he pained me smaller. He pained me. Two weeks later, 
I saw an obituary. It was that man. Ha! Ah, I felt like God was pinching me. You would have tried more. Maybe I should have gone to pray more and come back again. Praise the Lord. Number two, why must we pray for response? We pray so that the Lord will open their hearts. Acts chapter 16 verse 14. He says, and a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Tyatira, which worshipped God. It's like I'm on my own. <laughs> Acts 16 verse 14. Read one, two, three, go. Oh, God. Read it one more time. A seller of purple of the city of Tyatira, which worshipped God, had us, whose heart the Lord opened. Oh, that she attended unto the things that were spoken of Paul. Are you seeing this? Say after me, Lord, open hearts for me. Open hearts to the gospel. Open hearts to new breed. Amen. Amen. Whose heart the Lord opened? Can we read another verse? Acts 17 verse 11. It says, These were more noble. Acts 17 verse 11. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind. See that verse, readiness of mind. You have to be readiness of mind. There is a way God can open somebody's heart. Readiness of mind. We can get this thing in prayer. The worst thing that can happen to you as a minister is for God not to open people's hearts to you. One more verse on this point. Romans 15 verse 29 to 30. To 31, please. Romans 15 verse 29 to 31. Everybody read one, two, three, go. I am sure that when I come unto you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Glory. Verse 30. Christ and for the love of the Spirit that ye strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. Are you seeing this? You strive. Prayer is not easy, it's work. No, I must tell you. It was, you will strive. Strive with me in your prayers to God for me. Read on. That's what? Verse 31, that's what? And that my service which I have for Jerusalem may be accepted of the saints. Are you seeing this? So he's saying pray that I will be accepted. Can I tell you something? This is something we pray for as ministers. To be accepted. Somebody can look at you and say, I don't like him. That's all. <laughs> you will preach, 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 preach. He say, I don't like it. Some people can look at you and say, that one, that pastor, him be fake. You may, not, you may not be fake. Oh. <laughs> you know, that's something God has given me. See, whether you like it or not, God has made me accepted. And I know you like it. God has made me. One day, a lady brought her child to this school, the school in this compound. And she said, I like this school. I really like this school. They asked her, ah, 
you are just bringing your child. How come you like the school? He said, when I was passing, there is one pastor, David's face in front. I have not met him before, but I just like the pastor. So I say my child should be in this school so that um, he's very close to where the pastor is. When I heard the testimony, I said, I'm accepted. The Bible says Jesus went to a place and the people, they could, he could not do any mighty work because they did not accept him. They said, who is this? Is it not this one? Nobody Mary born now. Mary for that street now. Ah. <laughs> so we pray that there will be a response. So the first reason why we should travel for souls is for boldness, number two, for response. And number three, we must travel in prayer because there is a contention for souls. It's not only you that want to win souls. Satan is also winning souls too. Oh, you don't know? People that have become bandits, people that have become armed robbers, they were, they were normal people first. Though. They were still, there was a time of their life where they were in, indecisive. Whether they should follow God or they should follow the pathway of darkness until somebody came and preached to them. Told them, say, this business, eh? in one night you can become a billionaire. <laughs> Told them, don't worry, I will give you God. <laughs> and while you were criticizing the guy that was on your streets walking around, somebody else warned him as a soul. Are you hearing me? Ah. There is, there is bombing in the north. There is a lot of killing in the north. Many people that are doing all those killings. They were small boys before. They were young. They were teenagers before. Nobody reached out to them. Can I tell you something? Can I say this one in the mic? You see churches. They will ignore places that are slums. But if you go check Lagos, there is no slum you will not see in mocks. Every, In fact... Even in places you least expect. I cannot forget doing evangelism one time at Alausa in Ikeja. I met people that told me, I'm not Muslim, I'm not Christian, I am a traditional, I'm an idol worshiper. I say, see my idol. When I was done, I, Muslims were trying to convert them. <laughs> Everywhere. Everywhere. You see one small room like this. Boom, boom. Something and something, something mocks. Praise the Lord. There's contention. Second Corinthians 4, from verse 3. It says, For if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded their mind of them which believe not. Can we look at it? Second Corinthians 4, from verse 3. Can we look at it? Are you seeing why that person you have been preaching to for a long time always has one excellent explanation for why all the churches in this world are useless? And he thinks he knows what he's saying. Oh, don't mind them, don't mind them. The God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. And he, will, he used different strategies. That's why when I see people, you will see a post that the pastor did something wrong. 
you, you will share it first. What you may not know, yes, it may be true that the pastor did that thing that is wrong. When you are sharing it, somebody who does not believe not, you are aiding the God of this world to blind his mind more. There are some people, they, 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 they'll tell you that religion is the opium of the masses. For instance, just tell people, go and get your PVC to vote. They will not add that clause. I never not count prayer points. Why must you say that? Who told you that prayers does not matter? The Bible talks about the rulers of the darkness of this world. He says that whenever there is darkness, there are rulers of the darkness of this world. In Ephesians chapter 6, we rest not against, against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Oh, you think everything that's happening in Nigeria is just, oh, people are just evil, are just doing bad things. There are some of them that are under demonic manipulation. Didn't you read in the book of Daniel that the Bible says Daniel prayed and from the first day he, he prayed, his prayer was answered. But the prince of Pesha, with the prince of Pesha withstood the angel and Daniel was still praying. Daniel was still praying and giving reinforcement for 21 days. So for the first one day, the prayer was answered. 20 days was for reinforcement for the angel coming with the answer to come. Now, in that city, there was a Peshaw. There was he was in Babylon, and there was a, a province of Pesha. There was a sitting king of Pesha, but there was a prince. They are demonic princes. Let me tell you, the devil has scattered demons and uh, 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 demonic operations over every state, over every city, over every local government, over every family. There are demons that sit over those things. When you want to preach the gospel in certain places, you will have to contend. Contend. I entered somewhere yesterday. I drove into the place. I said, What's going on in this place? I know that as I was speaking it, my wife was speaking it. My wife came here and said, there's something wrong about this environment. Many people in this place, they have put their hand into fetish things. Some people will tell you, I moved into this place and I don't understand. I just came into this environment and I've just been fornicating. What is happening? What's ha- it's not normal. There are places that, oh God, a certain nation of the world, I will not call the name. No pastor has gone there without divorcing. You, you enter like this. They will just... <laughs> a certain minister that went there and did not divorce and was still faithful to his wife he said I pray in tongues for three hours every night for three hours every night oh you got a new job you moved into the place you came back home that night you did not pray before you know you don't know when you will join them you wanted to preach to them but they preached to you they are contention. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. First Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 18. It says, Wherefore we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. Satan hindered us. 
Oh, people don't know that Satan hinders the plan of God. Yes, sometimes. Just when you say, I want to preach, rain will start falling. <laughs> I remember the first crusade New Breed held. Who remembers that crusade? Then we're still using classroom. And we went to... Uh, that we may market. Ah! I wish you were there. <laughs> we, we had set up everything. Just say in the name of Syrian. It began to rain cats and dogs everywhere. We waited for the, we planned to start by four. We waited, waited, 5.30. When it got to six, I said, you know what? Satan, I strong past you. I carried the mic, entered the ring. The ring was beating me. I was soaked. I shouted, praise the Lord. Market with me and shouted, hallelujah. I said, that's it. Crusade has started. <laughs> As a crusade has started. That crusade, I was still preaching, preaching. Somebody came and knelt down where I was preaching and helped me. Perhaps you can remember that. Satan sometimes can just bring up strange things. He doesn't really have power. He has manipulations, schemes. You were serious about the evangelism. Just when you want to go, must you go today? We can go next week. <laughs> Before you know your zeal will start dying. Then you want to go out, the sky will become black. No, we will not go again. This rain will be very serious. This rain, this rain. Oh, this rain. Then when you go and sleep, the sky will become bright. You will not remember that you cheated yourself. Must I preach to that person? That person, no, this one will insult me. Preach. Satan hindered us. Sometimes, there are times when, eh, when he cannot, you know, the devil works in people in different levels. When he sees that you've understood his wiles and schemes, then you've understood his manipulations. When he cannot get you through you, he will not come around you. Just that time you say you want to serve God, you will not use somebody in your family or one unnecessary argument to just come from nowhere. The person will say something that will just hurt your emotions. Boom! I remember one day I led about six, seven souls in my, in, to Christ in a wife's school. I finished when I was full of joy, bubbling with joy. I said, oh God, oh God, I've served you today. I served you today, oh God. And I got a call. From one of my uncles. Ah, daddy, good afternoon, sir. Shut up. Ha, sir, <laughs> what happened? I think you're a big man now, Abby. Since you got married, you've not come to visit me in my house. Don't worry, I will deal with you. <laughs> Guess what? A day before I spoke to the man, we smiled. We, we laughed and talked about everything. No, no problem. Oh God. <laughs> Why is it now that I just led six souls to Christ that doesn't want to start? That's schemes, manipulations. When he sees that you've understood that, okay, this is where you are going to, you want to discourage this thing. You know, some who that are not learned in the field, they'll say, you know, I'm not doing it again. That, that time that your service to God has become sweet, you and your parents will have problems. 
People in the house misunderstand you. They start saying all that manner of things. Every day, church, 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 church. When will you bring a man to this house? <laughs> oh, yeah, marry church now. Go and marry the pastor. <laughs> Just to poke, put holes in your service and devotion to God. When you want to say that, okay, this is another manipulation. He will not see, when he sees he has lost ground, he will not come outrightly. Outrightly. But you know, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. <laughs> we are more than conquerors. Praise the Lord. So we pray because there is contention. The Bible says, the great dawn effectual is open unto me. Father, we receive a great dawn effectual. And there are many adversaries. But you see, we are more than conquerors. Why do you think Nigeria is going through all the things it's going through? Because from this nation, God will evangelize the world. The key to the global revival is in Africa. <laughs> you know, there are not things I don't always say. When Jesus was preaching during his early ministry, there was no real record of many people who were blacks. I followed him. But when he was close to the cross, there was a man called Simon of Cyrene, which is modern-day Libya, an African. He came and he picked the cross of Jesus and carried it to where it was planted. You see, at the tail end, Africa shall carry the cross. That's why from then henceforth, when you study the book of Acts, whenever there was a call of the apostolic conclave, you will see Cyrene there. 